Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. Today I'm joined by Laura Chenery. I hope I've said that right, Laura, um, who runs a global business that has given her a life filled of pinch me moments. But life hasn't always been this way. Now, normally at this point, I run through a, an intro that I've put together based on a conversation that I've had with um, each of my guests every week. But with Laura, I just felt compelled that I really wanted to share the email that she sent through to me because I think what she shares in this email is really, one, going to set the scene for our conversation today, but two, is going to resonate with an awful lot of people. When I was reading through it, there's so many points here that, that resonate with me totally. So... Laura's self-doubt experience began at a very young age when her father left her when she was just a few months old and created an abandonment deep, deep hole, like created issues that she carried through for quite a few years. She was bullied at school for wearing glasses and being ugly. She was humiliated by some of her teachers for talking too much and being too loud. Other children judged her for her low class status. And she craved love and acceptance and unconsciously apologized for her existence. She believed a man's love would keep her safe and fill the void of her father's absence. She starved her body to a very fragile frame and then had society tell her she was beautiful. She attracted toxic and narcissistic abusive relationships from immature and unavailable boys and created an armor of anger and frustration to protect her wounds. She built an incredibly successful business trying to fill herself up externally and use money as a security. But it wasn't until she went through her own personal journey of divine feminine healing that she was finally able to let go of that past, fall back in love with herself and life again, and live a life where she was fully present. So welcome, Laura. It's lovely to have you on the show today. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it's lovely to be here. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. Now, I just said that this is a totally different intro to what I normally um, do because I was just reading through your words. And to me, there was that was just really, really powerful. And I didn't want to change it. And, you know, as I said previously, there's lots that I was resonating, you know, with the armor, with the abusive relationships, with all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, it's really, really powerful wearing glasses. I've always hidden my glasses. Now I wear them a lot. But previously I was always a contact lens girl or I would not see properly just so I didn't have to wear my glasses. Um, and it's amazing how our doubts really start to filter through. And obviously yours started at a very young age with the abandonment um, issues stemming from your dad. Um, and, you know, to, to then feel that you are now able to live a life filled with pinch me moments, which is a really bold, amazing, beautiful statement. I would just love to start this, um, this chat, this conversation, going back to hearing in your own words, sort of 
what what it was like growing up with all of these things going on in your mind, feeling the way that you were, and how did you navigate from that to living a life of pinch me moments with your beautiful daughter traveling the world and, and running a business that you absolutely adore? It's been a wild ride. <laughs> it, it certainly has been a wild ride. I'm so excited as to where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> so I think going right back to my early years and I think it's it's hard to kind of go back without kind of like my coaching hat on if you like because yeah. I see things in such a different light but if I can try and begin with how it might have felt at the time um I think that we all learn um when we come into this world we come in with pure we don't have any you know any ideas or any beliefs or we don't really know anything about anything when we're born we're just we're just pure and then very early on we start to learn that we have to conform and we also start to learn who we need to be in this world in order to be loved and safe and ultimately as children we don't have big ambitions in life as children we just want to be loved mm -hmm. we want to know that we're we're loved and we just want to know that we're safe like those are really our two main desires when we're children and I think for me the growing up back then there were some really hard times and I think when you're children like you tend to take everything to heart you tend to take everything on such a deep and personal level and because as humans we're such meaningful beings when these things happen we blame ourselves so I guess when I was little and I learned that my father had left I think for me it did leave a big open wound and the first assumption that I probably made at that time was well I wasn't worthy of sticking around for and I would have instantly thought it was my fault and that I was to blame without even considering that he had his own feelings about being a dad and that he had his own demons that he was battling inside, you know? Um, so I feel like for me, like my feelings of unworthiness really did start at a young age. And actually, I think with glasses, they're actually pretty cool these days. But yeah. in, the 90s, in the early 90s, they really weren't. <laughs> they were more like, like, I don't know, they remind me of like goggles, like my glasses were huge and they were really thick framed as well. They didn't do the thin frames back then. And, you know, I, I always felt different. And I think growing up in this world, you know, there were some really tough times that I went through. And I think all of these things were forming my self-image and our self-image is fully developed by the time we're eight. And when I look back at my life from when I was born up until when I was eight, there was a lot of traumas that came up during that time in my life. And a lot of things that would have come up for me and made me feel that I was never good enough. And I think that was always the open wound. I'm not good enough, you know? So I think that was when everything really started for me. And then I spent my whole entire life pretty much searching to fill that void. So, you know, externally, if yeah. I look a certain way, then I'll feel happy because then I'll be beautiful. If I have a man in my life, then I'll feel safe because he'll protect me. And I have to look a certain way to get that man in my life. You know, like it was just like a vicious loop. But of course, coming from that energy of need in that external validation and that external fulfillment, the only thing that that really brings is more pain and trauma because I think I'm really, really into manifestation. I believe that we attract what we are a vibrational match to. And when we're coming from the energy of need or desperation or searching outside of ourselves, that's never going to manifest what we truly want. And it's only going to manifest the absence of. So yes, I manifested, you know, toxic relationships, unavailable men, um, toxic situations. And in a way it kind of felt familiar. 
it was almost yeah. like I kind of just accepted it and was like well this is this is this is this is normal like this is familiar this is this is what somebody like me gets to have you know and I think for the longest time I settled and even in jobs and things I I settled in really low paid jobs and I just I, I kind of never stayed in a job very long I used to skip jobs and I could never be really told what to do I was very rebellious and I didn't like any form of authority and I feel like for me I just spent the longest time trying to find that happiness trying to find that love trying to find that fulfillment but unconsciously aware that I was doing it thinking that I was just living my life <laughs> if that makes sense oh totally um you know I'm sat here and I just feel like we're so we are so similar in so many different ways and I just want to touch on the fact you know as a child we do crave love and safety but I really do think as adults we do as well um and I think you know that's one of the biggest fears that a lot of, that hold a lot of us back is that if we do something we're going to be rejected or judged and therefore not loved um and so it does play such a an integral part throughout our whole life um you know you touched on the fact the first eight years are really impressionable for me with you know with the work that I do with the hypnotherapy obviously I know that those first um eight years are the years that define us the most that's where a lot of our beliefs and everything come through um and it really sort of sets us up um but like you said you know unconsciously and we almost believe well that's just the pathway that I, my life is meant to take and and like you say you've settled or that's it's that accepted way of living um because you this is the kind of person I am and this is the kind of things that I deserve almost um what I mean where where in life were you when you started to realize that that isn't actually true like were things starting to come through um slowly but surely we're starting to build awareness talk me through um the transformation the start of the transformation you might not even necessarily think it was a transformation but where suddenly it was like do you know what actually I do deserve to be loved by a man who isn't an asshole and going to abuse me and you know and I am beautiful and I am worthy and I am good enough was there a particular time or was it a gradual process the day I had my little girl wow I think for me it was like that day when they say that when you have a child you've given that child life mm. what they don't talk about is how that child gives you life oh yes and I think for me like she was she she taught me so much about strength and courage and she taught me so much about who I want to be and so much about who I get to be and I just think like yeah she's she's just because uh, it was interesting I think up until that point because I didn't feel worthy because I didn't feel good enough I think up until that point, I just settled. Yeah. But like the minute that she came along, it was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, hell no, is she going to have the childhood that I had? Hell no, is she going to struggle? Hell no, is she never going to know how much, how much she's loved and how special she is? And I think the biggest thing for me in that was learning that as children, we learn how to love ourselves in the way that our mothers love themselves. Mm. And again, that was another toxic relationship for me. Yeah. So I think, again, um, that I just realized that it was time to step up. 
And it was time for me to be the mother that she deserved. If I'd been blessed by God to have a child because I had endometriosis and was told I'd probably never have children. I had precancerous cells removed when I was 21 years old that took out so much of my cervix that at 12, just after my 12 week scan, like it, it felt unbelievable. Like when I fell pregnant, it was like, this can't be happening. Someone mm. like me doesn't get to have kids. Like I don't deserve kids. And then, and, and I don't get to have them because of my medical condition. And I really define myself based on my external and, and, and labels and conditions. But at 12, just after my 12 week scan, I was the happiest I've ever been in my life. Like seeing her there and seeing that it was real and that she was okay. I went into labor and I lost my mucus plug and I started to dilate. And I was rushed into hospital and they gave me a life-saving operation to save my daughter's life. I had to have an emergency circ large and a suture, which took forever because I didn't have enough cervix for them to even be able to hold. So going through that with her and then seeing like that she, she was determined to be here. Like she, there's no doubt about it. Like the girl's a miracle. Like she has so much strength. I don't even know, like she's incredible. And I just think like going through that and then she was premature and then she was jaundiced. And there was just so many obstacles to overcome that when she finally arrived, I was like, okay, now it's time to step up. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I can totally relate to that. And, um, I was listening to someone who was being interviewed about the fact that they had a little girl and they felt that she she felt that she had a girl to help her heal her um, from her past. And I've always said that to to my husband, that I went on to have a little boy and that's helped heal my relationship with my past in a lot of ways. And to really learn more about myself than I've ever learned before. And I wasn't necessarily a maternal person, but I've gone through, um, you know, um, 10 year fertility struggle um, with miscarriages, not obviously in the same way as you, but you know, when they, when you really battle for a miracle and they are absolute miracles, when they come through, it, it does shift you in a, in a way that's, quite often indescribable and to see life through their eyes and to I just learn so much from them as well you learn what's important and what's not and some of the things that we hold on to um, for punishment or, or whatever it is that we do you know through the eyes of that child you really start to see that it's just not worth it to just let it go and just focus on on the good things um, so how old were you when you had your child we was it had you had quite a lot of battling in adulthood then I mean obviously you mentioned that you went through quite a life-changing situation or two in um the age of 21 with endometriosis and and the pre-cancerous cancerous cells so was it many years after that that you weren't became a mum? that was when I was 21 and I had her, I'm just trying to do the math. <laughs> so I'm 33 now and she's six. So I'm in 27. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just on my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27. I, I was 27. So it was, uh, do you know what? I think as well, it was also coming up to the 30s. It was like, right, I'm coming up to my 30s now. I have spent 30 years of my life fucking miserable. I have mm. spent 30 years of my life settling for less I've spent 30 years of my life like no more not even another second am I going to spend like this I was I just got to the point where it became too painful for me to remain the same than for me to actually put myself out there learn to love myself and realize that I was actually the love of my life and that no one else was ever going to give me that and I couldn't go to relationships empty I needed to go with a full cup 
I needed to be with my full heart open into every single thing that I did in this world and know that nothing again was ever worth me closing my heart over. And I think it was another, it was another, it was another four years until I actually found out about coaching. I didn't know what coaching was. And it was actually randomly when I started a network marketing business that I learned about personal development. I did not have a clue what any of it was. I did not have a clue. And it was like the first time in my life I opened myself up to magic, truly. And it was like such a gorgeous homecoming and learning about manifestation. And I got so curious and I did manifest to a point, but then it was like, actually, there's there's some parts here that are missing. There's still some parts here that are missing because I'm still not manifesting everything that I desire. You know, there's still certain areas. And then that was when I realized about the feminine energy that was when I realized about self-care and self-love and actually self-belief and changing your mindset around the way that you feel about yourself knowing that life and and for me this was a massive one and actually a bit of pill to swallow at first and something I really felt mad about and resisted but is that everything in life is the mirror reflection of the way we feel about ourselves and we don't see life Mm. the way it is we see life the way we are and it was like mic drop boom bit of pill like to start with I felt angry about that comment oh so it's my fault my dad left oh so it's my fault that I had these ex-boyfriends who were Mm. nice to me it's my fault that all these things happened is it and it was like actually energetically yeah (laughs) and it was the hardest hardest thing to accept but then it was like okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. So if I've created this unintentionally, just imagine what I could create with intention. Mm. And that was it, literally down the rabbit hole and just everything from there opened up massively. I love that. And, you know, and it's, it's so powerful that if we can create all of this, like you say, unintentionally, what can we do when we're fully conscious with it? Um, and it is a hard bis- a pill to swallow. And it's a it's a pill that not everyone's prepared to swallow um, either. And I think, you know, I very much talk about the fact that life is reflection of, of um, what's going on internally. And I wouldn't change any of my past um, in the world because it's made me who I am. That's not to say I didn't go through hell and back, but I, I've learned from it. And I've now on my own journey learned to understand that I went through that to be here talking to you today like I wouldn't be here chatting right now doing what I do had I not gone through it um uh, but uh, a lot of people do really resist that mirror of like you say so I've created all this so you're now saying it's my fault blah 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 but the reality is yes energetically because of our thoughts and our feelings and how we respond to certain situation it has then gone on to create the world in which we are all currently living in right now but like you say as much as it's been created you can then go on create something better how how is what everyone says you know how is that even possible how can I because you mentioned about you know becoming the love of your life um knowing that you needed to fill your cup up first there's so many people that I see that bounce from relationship to relationship filling that void or you know like with your business trying to get the money and the external materialistic things to fill that void how did you go about reframing your mind to remove yourself from all of that and to really focus on yourself because people think self-care is selfish and they don't understand it they don't 
you know, really get it. They haven't got time for it because they're, you know, they're too busy doing everything else. What was the shift for you? Because I think a lot of people really need to hear that. So there was a couple of things. I think for me, the first thing was realizing that when I achieved the 10K, 20K, 30K, 50K, whatever it was, I didn't feel any different. Mm. I think that was the biggest thing for me is I thought I would be, you know, when I was at six figures or when I was earning those, uh, you know, glorified 10K plus per month, that I would be sipping a pina colada, sitting on my yacht, um, living the high life with like canopies being brought out to me. And actually I was just stuffed my hair up in a bun, no makeup, pajamas on, on the bottom half, slippers on, sat in front of a computer. (laughs) So the reality was extremely different. And then I realized nothing is going to make me feel anything, nothing other than my own permission. Mm. And then the second thing was understanding really that, and, and I think this is a huge one within the coaching industry is there is a lot of people who are prioritizing the business strategies, but they are not focusing on their own inner healing. And they're just focusing on getting more clients, getting more clients, getting more money, getting more money, hitting those goals, hitting those goals. They can wear the badge of honor and just brag. And there's no judgment here. This is literally an observation. So if this triggers anybody, I do apologize. No, no, no harm meant, but I'm just literally, I'm a very like straight talking girl. So you will hear the truth through me and nothing but the truth. And the second thing, like I say, the part of the second thing was then seeing that if I'm always striving and I'm always doing this and I'm always doing that, how can I expect to give my clients the transformation that they deserve unless I'm working on myself? And it's not like, I think that's the thing. Like we have to be the embodiment of the energy that our clients want to be in. We have to be in that next energy to help them calibrate to their next energy, uh, energy to, to their next level even, and to hold that high vibrational container that they deserve for their transformation and be in integrity with the work that we do. Mm, mm. and that's powerful stuff and like you know just talking about the fact that you felt nothing when you experienced all of the external stuff and you're not the first person that that said that and you won't be the last person that says everyone that everyone says it if everyone's yeah. honest, they haven't said it they're not being honest 100 I'll, I'll you know, that right now yeah yeah they're not being honest and, and the thing is like selling to people's ego and pain points and people's you know disillusions and you know, like there's, there's a lot of that, but equally it's beautiful. Like money is incredible. Like money is such a gift. And I think equally, like for somebody that grew up with in the absence of it, the actual idea, I think the reason again, that so many of us don't feel the way that we think we're going to feel when we hit those financial goals is because they terrify us. It is terrifying yeah. to have that responsibility and that money, like for somebody that doesn't think it's possible for them. And then you just suddenly up level and achieve it, you know, like we have to really anchor it in and, and, and it all boils down to worthiness it Mm -hmm. all boils down to do I really get to have that am I going to outgrow people will people judge me is it spiritual to want money is it spiritual to have material things am I going to be a nice person all boils down to the insecurities of not feeling good enough 100% and it also boils down to to sabotage as well because then again everything is choice and I think you know sometimes we get to that point where you're making your multiple six figures And it's all you've essentially dreamed of. And you're like, when I hit this, I know I'll be happy, blah, blah, blah. 
um, which, you know, a lot of people do. It's like, I'm not going to be happy now. I'll be happy when I've got all this mansion and this car. And then you'll be, I want seven figures. Yeah, if exactly. Nothing is, enough, nothing is enough. There's always another level. We can always yeah. be striving for more. And I think self-sabotage is a side effect of not feeling good enough. 100%. I don't feel worthy of it. I'm going to push it away. Yeah. Because then I'm back in my comfort zone. And even though it's not exactly where I want to be, I feel safe. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like I used to sabotage everything in my life. Mm. Um, and I think if we don't anchor it in, we don't anchor in our worthiness in our body, in our vessel, then mm. what we're going to do is the manifestations are going to land, but they're not going to stick. They're just going to go straight back through. So you might uh, have a big financial win. That money will be gone quicker than it came. And it, they say exactly the same thing with lottery winners. They say most oh, yeah. lottery winners go bust within two years because of that sabotage. They get the money and they're, they're buying these lottery tickets and they're wishing for this money and they're hoping and dreaming and praying. And, and then they get the money and then it's like, I don't get to have this. Like, who am I? And yeah. then the imposter syndrome comes in yeah. and the self-doubt comes in and the lack of self-worth and the insecurities and the fear around having all of that money and responsibility and being someone in the public eye. And then they go back to the normal job and then they feel happy again because it's safe and familiar. And that's why the, the self-worth and the money mindset go hand in hand without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, 100%, 100%. What did you do to go from the absence of money in your childhood to running a multi six figure business. And I know that you've recently pivoted and I, and I really wanna you know, talk about that because I, I absolutely adore what, what you've pivoted to. But how did you manage to, to curb the sabotage and to hold on to the worth? Because it is tough, especially when you've got that battle of, I'm not worthy and I don't deserve, this is all I want and this isn't filling me either. So am, am I not even worthy of that or what's the point? Do you know what I mean? So how do you curb that? Do you want the truth? Yeah. <laughs> and nothing but the truth. Okay, I stopped making it about myself. Excellent. <laughs> Honestly, I just took the spotlight off of me. Yeah. I know that I had work to do. I, I knew that there was work for me to be focusing on. However, I also knew I'd come such a long way at that point. I also knew that I was miles ahead of where I used to be. And I also knew that my life story outrules any certification I could ever have. Like I was highly qualified. I'd gone to all of these different places, got all of these different certifications and continued to add more and more and more and more. I need to add more. I need to add more. I need to know more. I need to be able to give more. I need to do more. And then it was like, but you've walked yourself this far. Mm. Your life experience has got you this far. The people that are coming to you are literally basically mirroring back your life experiences that they've also been through. Do you not think that you know enough to help these people? And what about if you just stop making it about what can I get? And mm. you turn it into what can I give? And mm. I think for me, like turning it into soulful contribution has truly been the most incredible shift for me and equally like instead of measuring my success on numbers in my bank account on goals that I've hit because times when I've hit those big goals I've never felt shittier I've never felt more burnt out I've never felt more disconnected I've never felt more lost what about if I measured my success on the fulfillment I felt in my heart every single day what about if I measured my success on the women that come to me and say because of you I never gave up because of you I was able to because of you I didn't that for me was everything. And also like lately, I don't know about you, but I found lately that a lot of the work that we do is obviously predominantly online. Mm. And I went to a wound healing ceremony and met some of my clients, it was actually three, so three of, three of my clients there. Yeah, there was, there was three of my clients. 
who I'd recommended to this lady and honestly like meeting them in real life was a whole vibe that I couldn't even describe like it was quantum energy and just being around people and I think from being a service-based business like the before the pandemic I had a permanent makeup business and I'd been in the beauty industry 14 years because I wanted people to feel beautiful because of my childhood it inspired me to dedicate 14 years of my life to making women feel beautiful so I didn't want anyone to feel ugly I didn't want anyone to not feel confident and I tried doing it on the outside and yeah. then why do they still not feel this way or that way and and having treated tens of thousands of women all around the world you know, working in many spas, a cruise ship, many different places, I realized that it's because the issue was beneath the skin. <laughs> the issue was inside. And, and that was really where the journey kind of began. Yeah. You know, it, and it is so true is that we all, I think because we're wired, we all in such a way of a, you know, society is all about doing, isn't it? And, you know, you've got to do this, that and the other. Um, in order to, you've got to work harder, you've got to look good. I know certainly when I was going through all, all my stuff, I felt if I looked good on the outside, no one would question me on the inside. Um, and people just wouldn't have a clue the fact that I was just crumbling every bloody day. Um, but we all just think, you know, if I look good or if I achieve this and if I'm do, do, doing, then I'm really, really successful. But the reality is it comes from within, doesn't it? You have to feel, you have to be, you have to think in such a way that allows you to maintain it. And, you know, it's interesting that the work that you do now versus the work that you did previously is still about people feeling beautiful. You've just moved it from external to internal. And I guarantee they feel more beautiful now than they ever felt with all, you know, you know, we can feel great having our hair and our makeup done and amazing clothes and all that. But like, if you take that off of an evening, then what happens? Like, There's a radiance and a glow that comes from healing that people don't talk about. 100%. Like, truly. And I also think as well, that one of the things that I noticed was when I did used to do business coaching, I would have so many women come to me. <laughs> I think I just pressed the button then, sorry. I'd have so many women come to me and they'd be like, I want to make this a month. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve that. And then they'd achieve it. And they'd be like, well, what if it doesn't happen again? And what if this, what yeah. if all of the insecurities would start to come out. And I was like, there's deeper work that needs to be done here. And this isn't me giving them a one size fits all strategy. This is truly mm. about them becoming the self-led, feminine, empowered leader they came here to be. And what I realized is none of us actually want the success that we think we do for the reasons that we think we want them. Mm. The actual truth of it is that yeah, it's lovely to have a car. I have a, a premium range Mercedes in my driveway that was on my vision board five years and I'm driving it now. Like it feels amazing. However, it's like, we think we want the material things and we get to have them. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I want to make that extremely clear. Like I have nothing against that. Like the desires in your heart are yours because they're meant for you. Simple as that. Yeah. Whatever anyone thinks, who cares? We don't care about that. Like we're not doing this for them. They don't pay our bills. We're doing this for ourselves, for our desires and for our, for our like to give permission to it for other women as well. But we think that we want the money. We think that we want the material things. What we actually want is the freedom. And what is it all for if you get the money and you get the material things and you get the car, but you feel deflated inside, you have nothing left to give, you're depleted, you feel miserable, you feel unhappy, you don't feel worthy of the life that you've created, you feel alone, you're not getting connected with anybody because you're putting yourself on a pedestal and separating yourself from other people. Oh, they're all on a lower vibration because they've not achieved my level of success. You know, like that happens quite a lot as well. There can be a lot of separation. And I think that the if, if we really truly want to feel free, that's an inside job. Mm. And that's, that's being free from our past. It's free from, because again, like success can very often again be a trauma response. 
And I know for me, it was, I know yeah. for me to start with, it really was. Now it's a legacy. Now it's my soul's purpose. Now it's a real passion and a drive, but to begin with, and I didn't even know this, it was a trauma response because then I would be safe. Then I would have created a, a, a sense, um, a sense of that safety in my external world. Then I'll be untouchable. Then no one can hurt me. Then I'll be lovable. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's all of these, these um, things and conditions, but I'd attach to success which I didn't know. And I think a lot of people do that and they don't realize. And that's why I think that this deep inner healing work is so powerful alongside success because then you're not becoming a carbon copy of anybody else. You know, there's a lot of carbon copies out there. You're becoming your true, authentic, unfiltered, raw self. And I think that that is the most beautiful thing that anyone can ever be. And the biggest gift that any woman can ever give to themselves as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I... I, I... Everything that you say, I, I'm in absolute agreement with. It's it's how I run my practice. It's how I work with myself. It's how, you know, I'm moving my world towards because, you know, it is lovely to have nice things and, you know, they are rewards and sometimes we need rewards. But the reality is if it feel if it doesn't feel anything inside, what's the point? You know, what's the point of going through life feeling numb or unfulfilled or unsatisfied? Um, just to prove to others that you can make money um, you know and be the person that they're all wanting you to be Um, you know for me I'd love to just hear a bit more about because you pivoted from the business coaching into the, the more divine feminine healing side of things you've mentioned it just in conversation there um but for a lot of people that are listening that might not necessarily mean anything to, to people. Obviously, we know the masculine, the feminine energy to some level. But again, I think there's still that association with feminine being feminine and masculine being the man. Can you just share a little bit about that? And again, your experience personally and then how you then help others? Because there's a lot of amazing things that, that you're saying, a lot of transformations. But I think sometimes people just really get caught up in the how. Um, and, and also when we don't fully understand, then we retract and withdraw. Yeah. And I think the feminine energy was something that was completely new to me as well. It was a complete mm-hmm. concept. And, you know, I was, I never really considered myself as a massively spiritual person. I always had those tendencies, but it was a part of myself that I really suppressed. So with the feminine energy, it's really a loving, nourishing, nurturing and receptive energy that lives inside of every single one of us. So it's not gender specific. And the energy, it affects how you show up in all areas of your life and in your business. Mm -hmm. And it also affects what you're attracting in and what you're calling in. And when you really learn how to balance out any imbalances between the masculine and the feminine, that's when life is just gonna change in ways that will surprise and delight you. And I think with the feminine side of things, these feminine traits that exist within all of us have very often been abandoned because we have been taught by society that we have to work hard, we have to conform, we have to do this, we have to do that, we prioritize the external. And then also because in many ways we kind of don't believe that we get to be vulnerable and strong like well how can I protect myself and be safe in this world if I'm vulnerable and weak because that's what we learn about vulnerability and I think like when we think of being in our wounded energy which most of us are then a lot of these things come down to an inability to manifest your desires or to feel like you can create the life that you want talking to yourself negatively 
not revealing who you truly are, wearing that mask and performing based on who you've learned that you have to be, feeling unworthy, not having boundaries, participating in jealousy and gossip and in that sisterhood wounding of, of judgment and separation, feeling like you lack support and nourishment, trying to people please and putting your own needs on the back burner, comparing yourself to other women, codependency, struggling with money, having manifesting money drama, seeking external validation and approval, complaining and blaming, and also not seeing your value as a woman. And I think that the thing is, it's like, we get to restore both. And as we like the mas the masculine is really about taking action, but from an inspired place, not from a wounded place of, I need this to validate me or when I get there, then I'll feel this way. But like, actually like just taking that action, like what, what action do I feel inspired to take? What feels good and prioritizing your pleasure, which is where the feminine comes in. Um, and the thing is when we're out of balance with the feminine energy, then the masculine does override yeah. and it takes control. It searches externally, looking for a way to restore that balance and in an attempt to fill that void through attachment to success, overachieving, money, love, relationships, and material things. And the thing is with wounded energy, the most fascinating thing is where it actually comes from. So I'll just do like a brief um, overview of where it comes from. And I'm sure that a lot of people will resonate with what I say, but the first place that we can um, inherit our child, uh, sorry, the first place we can experience wounded energy is from our childhood. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter if you had an amazing childhood. Like some people might be listening to this and go, I don't resonate with any of this. Like my childhood was perfect. I had a great upbringing. Um, but if, even if you had a great upbringing with all the very best intentions in the world, life happens, okay? And parents are not saints, parents, there is no rule book, nobody is perfect. Like it's an unrealistic expectation. And there are always times in our childhood where our needs weren't met where we felt unsafe, where we felt powerless because we had to follow rules and we had to do as we were told and we had to get in line and we had to conform. There were times where we didn't get the love that we needed because our parents were busy or, you know, there, there were just times when life happened and also times where we felt judged, criticized and abandoned. And this can very often be in the home. If you had a strict upbringing or even if you didn't, it could be at school with some of the teachers. It, it can just happen during our childhood. Mm. The second place that it can really be developed from is from the women in our lives so as we were growing up thinking about uh, bringing to mind like your feminine role models so who did you have in your life who were those role models for you and then just thinking about like did you notice any of them showing up in any of the traits that I just mentioned a moment ago like did you did you recognize any of that any struggle any wounded energy from them and also just think about like what were your dominant experiences with women growing up and what beliefs did you form around women as a result because I think that does create a huge impact on us like if like for example like I grew up with a single parent and I witnessed her struggle and she completely and blamed about everything and you know I I honestly would never want to be in her position and I can only understand what she went through but looking at it through the eyes of a child I was like women are weak I don't want to be like a woman because she's struggling and she's really unhappy and she she can't pay bills and this is happening and that's happening and then I had a role model who was like my grandfather so it was like right I'm going to be like him I'm going to be like the men in my life and I also had a brother who I really looked up to and I think because my mum was in her wounded feminine energy and quite rightly so you know she went through a lot um, and I'm grateful for everything that she did, but it, it taught me at the time, well, I don't want to be like the women in my life because they're wounded and they're weak. So I want to be like the men. And I think as well, again, is our generational trauma. And again, this kind of comes from the women in our lives, but through DNA. So 
there's something called mitochondrial DNA, and this is actually scientifically proven. And it's where the pain, fear, and trauma is passed down through generations from mothers to daughters. So, um, and, and these can really have such a profound effect on our lives of un deep feelings of unworthiness. So if you think about like your mum, your grandmother, your great grandmother, your great great grandmother, because this these um, DNA traumas, they can be passed down seven generations and passed forward seven generations. And if you think about seven generations back, how far that would take us to where women were burnt for being witches, where, you know, women were very, very suppressed, even looking at the 50s, for example, where women were in the kitchen and women didn't get to vote. And there was all these different things that have happened over the generations and throughout our years where women have been silenced where women have felt powerless where women have had deep levels of wounding and pain and trauma and when we think about it it's like well can you recognize any of that in yourself and and that was one of the biggest things as well is understanding that actually when we do this healing work it's not just for us it's for the women who came before us it's mm. for the women that walk alongside us today and for future generations and I think I went on a journey of womb healing and because we store a lot of pain and trauma in the body and when we're manifesting it's so easy to stay in those upper chakras and be like I'm gonna meditate I'm gonna have a ritual I'm gonna be busy being busy and we live in the mind because we're afraid of getting into the body because that's where we've stored everything that's where our past traumas are that's where our deep feelings of unworthiness is we feel it in the pit of our stomach and it's because we store all of our trauma in the body but actually like when we go on that journey yes it takes courage yes it can feel dark no there's no quick fix it is a gorgeous journey though and the rewards on the other side of it far outweigh the fear of not going ahead with it and just remaining in those pattern loops because I honestly believe that if we do not heal our trauma and I've experienced this and I've seen it so many times that trauma is just going to come back to bite us okay mm -hmm. because what we will do if we have unresolved trauma that we want to heal from people in our past or parents or relationships or whatever and we don't heal that and we don't find that resolution within ourselves we'll energetically hire people to play the role of those people in our past and that was what happened with me with toxic relationships I was hiring people to play the roles because I was craving that that resolution and, and and on a subconscious level I thought right I'm going to go to this and I know what happened in the past I'm going to do things differently now but of course we don't because we haven't healed the wound we repeat exactly the same over and over and over again until we find the resolution within ourselves that's I mean that's so powerful so powerful like and I'm just sat here just trying to process it all and 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 I've got some experience with it all so you know it is a lot to take on but I think um you know, when we start to understand the masculine and the feminine energy, and this for me has only really kind of come in the last probably 18 months, I would say, it does allow you to start to see things and get some form of closure and some form of um, support because suddenly like there's answers and there, there's things that can be done. Certainly, you know, when I look back at the women in, in my life, um, even then, when you were talking, I was just trying to think really of of any of those sort of experiences that perhaps have then gone on to define me. And and they they probably have. But I think mine really my trauma is I really struggle to allow myself any form of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I really don't allow myself to receive a lot. Um, and that, you know, is in the obvious things, but also like, you know, money, like happiness, like joy, um, all of those things that, you know, sometimes I say to my husband, I just feel numb. Like I just, 
I don't know how to feel certain feelings because I've blocked them out for so long. Yeah, well, we're taught to we're taught to get the pleasure at the end of our life. You have to work for it first, and then you return. Yeah. You get your pleasure. And if you even look at things like when we look at things, for example, um, that that should be a pleasure, they're called guilty pleasures. Yeah, and there are certain things in the diet industry that are called sins. Um, we won't name any names, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're taught all the while that having pleasure is bad having pleasure is not good having pleasure is something that we should be ashamed of we should be ashamed for wanting those things it's great yeah. to have that like you shouldn't ask for that and that's what we taught through this numbness of suppression that's gone on for generations yeah. so this is the thing with the feminine energy like she leaves with intention she leaves with intuition she prioritizes her pleasure knowing that when she follows her pleasure and when she follows her bliss that is when she is her most magnetic mm. and she doesn't have any apology for that because she knows that her shining her light brightly doesn't dim anybody else's it actually sets them on fire and lights them up too and gives them a permission slip that her having her deepest desires doesn't take the money away from anybody else knowing that money is simply energy and it's an unlimited resource and we get to have it all. And this is the main point is like trying to recondition ourselves to actually see that we really do get to have it all and there are no limits. We don't need to, oh, well, I'll have this, but I better not have that, you know? Like we've learned, and that's a wounded feminine trait as well. It's like learning to suppress what you want to please others. Yeah, and it's interesting because like, you know, I'm sat here thinking, well, I know, I know all of that, but I just can't allow myself to feel that. Um, and, and therefore, if I can't, there's got to be lots of other people out there that also know that, you know, that we should allow ourselves certain things and that we should let go and embrace it and, and all of that. But it's, it's how, do you, how do you do that when you know that there are issues with safety and stuff? So... If people are like someone saying to me, you know, just allow, you know, work on receiving pleasure and so on and so forth. And I'm like, um, yeah, but then pleasure sometimes means being unsafe. And so I, I have that battle of, well, I know this is what I need to do, but I just don't know how to let my body feel it. So a couple of things. The first thing is to understand how humans work as a mm -hmm. kind of um, as a species. And it's that we are moved only by two things. One, to move away from pain. Mm -hmm. Two, to move towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. The pain is going to win hands down every single time because we, use, we evolve from caves. Our mind is simply programmed to keep us alive, to keep us fed, to keep us well. So our mind is always going to look for the danger. That's never going to go away. Never. Mm. But the difference is that your mind doesn't know the difference between you having pleasure and you getting mauled by a lion or a bear. Okay. It does not, or a saber tooth tiger. It does not know the difference. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, yes, we've evolved. We've definitely evolved as a society, but our bodies are still exactly the same as they were thousands of years ago. And this is the whole point is that if you have attached enough pain to your desire, it doesn't matter how much you want it. You will not overrule your pain. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. We cannot mm -hmm. overrule it. That That is there. It is hardwired. So we have to work with our nervous systems. We have to get into the somatic nervous system and start to rewire the nervous system. We start to rewire the amygdala within the brain, which is the fear-based fear area within the brain. And we start to disempower those beliefs so that once we start to piece by piece peel back the layers, then we can 
attach more pain to remaining the same like me that time mm-hmm. than having those things mm-hmm. and that is the magic right there like and, and what I would say is we're too close to our own stuff like if we could all give ourselves therapy we wouldn't need therapists if we could <laughs> all coach ourselves we wouldn't need coaches so many people buy into this misillusion of I don't think I'm worthy of investing in myself or oh I'm not going to have a coach because I already am a coach so I can coach myself it's like let me know how that goes for you yeah. and it never goes well because you can't your no. subconscious mind is so fucking clever it is so fucking clever and you will not overrule it I'll tell you that now we need people to hold a mirror up to go deep enough with us so that we can really peel back those layers and when you get to the root it is so obvious it's been staring at you in the face the whole entire time Mm -hmm. but you don't get to it until you're bold enough and courageous enough to like really go deep on that journey and most people avoid it because it's scary trying to move away from the pain of it because it's like oh my god I've got to actually face all of this stuff and I've got to heal all of this stuff but it's the biggest gift you could ever give to yourself and that's the thing so I think it's really getting in the somatic nervous system calming down the amygdala and associating more pleasure with what you want than pain yeah there's um there's an amazing um little story that my coach shared with with me once and I'm probably not going to get it right 100% right but it's very much a similar to what you're saying in the fact that there was a dog that was sat on a nail and it was whining with pain and someone walked past and said oh excuse me do you know that your dog sat on a nail and he's like well yeah I do but he thinks it's going to be more painful getting off it so he's just continuing to sit on it and that's the thing is that we all continue to sit in our pain because it's familiar and we're used to it and we've adapted our life um, according to our pain and so we know how to handle it and even though we're we're miserable or we're suppressed or we're limiting ourselves um it's it's okay because you know it's not as scary as that's how we relate to people like we're addicted to these low level vibrations because yeah 90 percent of people are feeling them and it's like as you start to grow those people you know they this scary thing like am i still going to belong to the pack and that's like in in ancient times we wouldn't have survived on our own we wouldn't have been able to hunt and feed ourselves and do all of the things. And there wouldn't have been anyone to watch over you while you slept and you took mm. it in turns on night watch or whatever it was to like, make sure that the tribe was safe. If you don't have a tribe, then you're dead in the inner world. in yeah. the subconscious. And that's the thing. Like, who am I going to become? Will people still resonate with me? Will people still like me? And equally, I think the biggest thing more than anything is the pain of projection or judgment that really holds so many people back. Mm. But when you accept yourself, when you say, right, okay, I know, I know my shadows and I love them. I've befriended mm-hmm. my demons. I've made friends with my shadows and they walk beside me. Mm. I'm in arm and we're freaking stronger together. Like what a force to be reckoned with. Like what can anybody do or say to break that kind of person? Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and I think, you know, again, a lot of us um, are too scared to open that box, you know, and what it might bring. But I was, you probably were like, yeah, it, 100%. It is, it, like it is terrifying and this is the thing like entrepreneurship and and building the life of your dreams isn't for everyone or everyone will be doing it like it's mm-hmm. hard it's hard but so is remaining stuck so is struggling with money yeah. so is settling for less than you deserve so is getting to your deathbed and going what, what would you done? I wish because when you're older you suddenly think why do I care about all of that yeah. stuff and if there's anyone that's older listen to this you know what I'm talking about you get to that point and you think 
why did I actually care about all of those things? And I know I felt it as I was heading towards my, my 30s, realizing how quickly life had passed me by, realizing how precious time was, realizing that tomorrow is not guaranteed to any of us. And what do we want to do? Do we want to just spend our lives living in fear? Or do we want to spend our lives living in empowerment and leaving a legacy on this world and helping other people with our magic? Because we all have unique gifts to share with this world in the way that only we can. 100%. And I think, you know, going back to that fear element, it's then asking yourself, what's it costing me to carry on like this? And what will it cost me in the future if nothing changes? And I think, you know, that I work with my clients a lot on that. And, and, and it was very transformational for me, too, because it was like, shit, if I actually don't don't change, then, you know, we, we all have our limits and we all get to that point of shit, shit or bust. And, and everything is choice, regardless of what we're all experiencing and you think you've got no choice everybody has a choice and we have the power to change our lives in any given moment and i think you know when people are really struggling to see beyond or are just sitting on the on the nail like that dog too scared to get off it it's like you carry on sitting on that nail what the hell is going to happen to your life in a year's time or two years time or five years time you know, can you sit there like on your deathbed and say oh i'm so glad that i did fuck all and just sat here and and let the you know the nail cause an infection or whatever do you know what i mean it's like well living with an open wound like just walking around yeah. your life living with that open wound never never get into because i mean with dogs they love to travel don't they like never get into go on those adventures and never get into play in the mud you know mm -hmm. never get into see never get into see any of the wonderful things that are out there and that's the thing is just knowing that if if I mean, the thing is, yeah, it's not for everyone, but I do think healing is for everyone if they are ready for it, if they're ready to go on that journey, and if they're ready to do it, then I just think it's honesty. Like you don't have to have high ambitions in this world. Like my ambition, my only ambition was to be a mum. That was my only ambition. Like, mm -hmm. did I ever think that I would be in the position I am now? No, but I only found that out as I started to peel back the layers and go on this journey of like deeper desires. Then I found out actually, do you know what? I'd love to have a global business. Imagine if this imagine if that and I, I i think it's about really just giving yourself permission to start dreaming big again giving yeah. yourself permission to start really seeing the bigger picture out there and giving yourself permission to just yeah just just follow the pleasure follow the bliss and that's exactly it and, and that's the one thing that i would love people to get from this is like giving yourself that permission slip that you get to prioritize the pleasure and you know sometimes and I know at the beginning like the thought of me earning six figures was stupid it was absolutely stupid I didn't have a degree there was nothing special about me you know I was kind of like the the school dropout I didn't have any like qualifications not really um and and I you know there was just nothing about me that I would have ever in a million years thought that I would have ever been where I am today and and it's really just been that reflection of daring to dream daring to what if what if what if instead of what if I fail what if I can't what if I'm judged what if I fall what if this what if that what if this does work out and, th and that was the question I had to ask my ego because the ego is that fear-based part of us isn't it for those that listen and that don't know what the ego is it's like that fear-based voice in the head that I call her your inner mean girl that comes at you yeah. sometimes and she'll say all of this stuff to you to try and derail you and get you off track so that you go back into your comfort zone and she's not a horrible person she loves you she just want to keep you safe but she's very, very um, persistent and strong. And I think it was really just saying to her, listen, like we had that inner pet talk, like, listen, nobody knows about manifesting, okay? This is just something we have discovered, right? And then she was like, mm-hmm. So what about if we just start to think about what we want 
and we start to manifest it and we don't even talk about it what about if we just play a game and make it fun yeah I like games okay great let's see if we just play a game and we start to manifest and see if it works and then if it doesn't work you're right you can go back on your pedestal again but if it does work I'm leading from here and that was what happened it worked so I led (laughs) and then I think it's like then starting to like calm it down like actually like just starting to disprove the belief that it's not going to work two yes 100% what um, I'm just making notes here but one of the things that I really loved with you was you are the exact example of how much you limited yourself to then the more that you unraveled the more you saw what was possible and so you know we're all sitting here uh, thinking you know some people could be right in the thick of everything and think well there's just nowhere in the world I'm ever going to get a pinch me moment etc like I've been there you've been there but when you start to unravel and you start to learn stuff about yourself that you've suppressed for so long, when your confidence starts to grow and you start to experience feelings and you start to see things through different eyes and you start to have joy and you start to have fun, then it almost becomes a given right that this will then become a part of your new amazing life because your energy is lifting up and you're starting to attract other things. And like we've said in this conversation, our life externally is a reflection of what's going on internally. And so if we're raising our vibration and starting to think, well, you know, this could actually be possible. Things, opportunities start to come your way to say, yes, this can be possible. Keep going. You're on the right track. Um, and I think, you know, having that confidence to just explore and like you say, dream big again, can just open up just that tiny little light that will give you the encouragement to take that first step away from the cycle that you're in right now. And I think it is really, really important to allow ourselves to dream because when we go right back to when of the beginning of our conversation with, with children, they dream and think they can, anything is possible. And it's only through experiences and times and culture and beliefs that we then start to suppress that. And it's like, right, if you can give yourself one gift today, right now, listening to this is, to go away and just dream of something that you've not dreamt of for a while that you used to dream of and just uh, allow yourself to absorb it and start to feel it. And the other thing that you were then talking about was disproving. And and I love this a lot. And it's a journaling exercise that I I do and, and my clients do is disproving the bullshit that we're telling ourselves every day because we look for evidence and if we, you know, and we like to be factually correct on things to reassure ourselves and reinforce Um, these beliefs and you know we can go around and sabotage and then go see I told you that would happen see I told you I would you know I wouldn't um, keep that money coming in or whatever but it when you start to dispel that bs that's been floating around and start to see evidence of that you are worthy and that you can do this and that you are lovable and that you have got a lot to offer all of a sudden that 100% factually correct belief starts to be less powerful because you've got evidence to go no that's wrong and and again confidence starts to to move you into that different vibration and I think as well just knowing that there are people out there who are in much worse off circumstances who are achieving incredible things and I think the thing that's important to remember is that a fact is a hundred percent true a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of people and is it true then that 100% of the time for 100% of people that it's not possible to 
create a business. It's not possible to transform your self-worth. It's not possible to have a life with that's filled with all things that delight you. Like, mm. is that true? Like, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally not true. So it's like just realizing, well, if it's not a fact, okay. So where can I find evidence of people? Like if anyone resonates with my story, okay, well, Laura's done it. If anyone resonates with your story, okay, well, Emma's done it. You know, and I think that's the whole magic yeah. of it is that, it's a permission slip when women rise up and they start sharing their their truth and they start sharing it with the world is that permission slip for others too 100 100 and i think you know that's an amazing way to to finish this conversation is that you know it is a permission slip and if you have evidence around you that's showing you it's possible it is possible so don't ever give up on that because nothing is permanent and there is always choice um it's been amazing chatting to you laura I have been really looking forward to to our conversation, even from our first chat um, last week when we were just getting to know one another and talking about the show. And I love what you do. And I think your story is incredibly empowering, um, very, very inspiring. And I think the pivot that you've made suits you down to the ground um, and you just ooze it. Um, So how can people find you to find out more about you and to follow you? I mostly hang out on Instagram. I do have a Facebook, but to be honest, I don't really go on it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Instagram at higherselfbabe.co or I do have a website, higherselfbabe.co. Awesome. That will <laughs> Let me just double check. the Yeah, higherselfbabe.co is the website as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll add all of these into the show notes anyway, but um, thank you so much for for your honesty thank you so much for allowing me to share like your true story at the start um and for you to just um talk through everything that you've gone through in such an empowering way i really appreciate it and i hope that there have been people listening who really resonate with your story and um, can go away and if out of anything just really start to believe that there is more beyond where you are right now and to allow yourself to just dream a little dream today and just see what comes through for you. Um, So thanks so much, Laura. It's been awesome. And thank you everyone for listening and I will see you all next week. Bye for now. Bye. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.